Hello, and welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where three friends catch up and chat about running a creative business. Each episode, Mel, Natasha and Crixis will be diving into a topic that has come up in their own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that will help you along the way. So join us for Season 3, Episode 2, as we chat about participating in art challenges and whether or not they are beneficial to our art practice. Hello, everyone. Hello, Crixis. Hello. Hello, Mel. Today, unfortunately, we haven't got Natasha joining us live, but with the magic of technology, we will include her answers and thoughts and also her saying hello. Hello, everyone. Coming up in today's episode, we're going to be chatting about art challenges and whether or not they are beneficial to our art practice. So I know that Crixis, you have done a lot of art challenges and I know Natasha has also. um, So we're going to look forward to hearing about those. Also, we've got a special guest for this episode. We have got Katie Moody, who is an artist, illustrator and sketchbooker. She's going to be sharing her thoughts about art challenges. We're going to listen to her later in the episode. But first of all, let's just find out what's been going on and let's have a quick catch up of what things we're working on. Over to you, Crixis. What are you working on? What are you doing at the moment? Okay, so I have exhibition, group exhibition coming up later in, um, well, When you are listening to this podcast, it is happening in this very second because it's from 29th of April till 5th of May, I think. So, and it's happening in Port Levin and I'm really happy to be back to that gallery. I say back because I was there last year as well. I am currently painting with watercolors, which is something I picked up this year. I have used watercolors before, but I think like this year is like me trying to explore how I can put the watercolor medium into my art illustration style. And I also started working on canvas for the exhibition, which is scary and exciting. So yeah, it's been like three or four years since last time I painted on canvas, actually. So it's a long time ago. And yeah, this is what I'm going through right now. What about you, Mel? Um, Well, if you remember last episode, I talked about buying a scanner or finding a scanner. So the good news is, is that I have bought a scanner. Anyone who's interested, you might not be, but I bought a Canon scan and it's a lid three, no, lid 400. Or I don't know how you say that, lid, lid 400. Um, And so far I've been scanning a lot of sketchbook pages and so it's working very well. I seem, I seem to be getting good results, so I'm very happy with it. Um, and I've also been writing a Substack newsletter. So I now have a place where I can talk about everything that's going on with my art practice, a bit like a blog. Um, and then you can also see uh, images from my sketchbook. I've also started another podcast on there. You're so busy. <laughs> I just seem to 
keep making these podcasts. You enjoy it. I do. I do enjoy it. And so actually this podcast, it's very, very simple. I just basically take you out for a walk and I go and sketch and then I just tell you what I see in my environment. So it's very relaxed. It's nothing in depth apart from looking around me. But anyway, yeah. So I've been keeping myself busy by doing those things and enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, I'm really curious about the podcast. I want to listen to it. I think like I joined your mailing list and I I um, I saw that it's published. So I'm excited to listen to it. And we will link it down below as well for everyone who wants to get a little bit more sneak peeks as well. Oh, actually, with your canvas painting and just thinking, will people be able to see the images from the exhibition? Yeah, I plan to actually make another vlog I kind of studio vlog and I documented a little bit process, not all the scenes, but I plan to just share a little bit on my YouTube channel as well, like how I prepare and yeah, show in person look as well, because I know that not everyone is in Cornwall. <laughs> so, and yeah, I think it's a great way like to have either like podcast or video, everyone from across the world can listen to them, which is really exciting. Yeah, and you've just shown me a quick sneak peek of your canvas. Um, and it I've got to say, listeners, it looks really, really good. So oh, thank you. It just looks and it looks like your style as well. Uh, yeah, so I think everyone will be happy, uh, excited to see this new work on canvas as well. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. I think it's always like scary to pick something you haven't worked for a long time and then make it kind of look like it was you who who made it yeah <laughs> so especially transferring over different mediums as well you know like if you're used to working in one way on paper and then translating that over to canvas can be a little bit tricky to do that but I can definitely see your style across oh, thank you. on on the canvas I think like also, like your, like I actually, I think yesterday or today I watched um, your video with Sandy Hester, which was two or three years ago, which like where you were sketching faces and something you were completely out of comfort zone. But like the materials <laughs> yeah. you used and how you used them, it was like it was like Mel who did it. So <laughs> I think it's, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to go like outside and just like try new things and yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to your exhibition in Paul Flevin. Um, whilst when this has gone live, I will hopefully have visited. And I will there. be visiting <laughs> in the same day. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you will yeah, come on 1st of May. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be exciting to see. And uh, hopefully by the time this has gone out, I will have started scanning all of my pictures to make greetings cards. And hopefully I can start getting those done because I know that I've got an open studio at the end of May so that'll be which is also super exciting yeah <laughs> it is it's a bit nerve-wracking as well but um I know I've got to get on and start doing that so I think that's that's it though on my kind of news and is that it on your news yeah I was going to ask uh, Natasha maybe you can share a little bit more about what are you going through and what are the projects you're working on right now and what is something you are excited to do 
in the near future as well. Well, it's been really nice to hear what you've both been up to recently. And I have to say, Mel, that I listened to an episode of your new podcast the other day. I think I had it on in the background while I was pottering around the house. And it was almost like being on the sketch walk with you. I love the combination of you like calmly chatting to us about the surroundings and describing things so well and also listening to the sounds of nature too. I love that we could hear so much of the background sounds. So yeah, that's a really enjoyable one and I'm sure I will listen to more of them. I love listening to things like that because I find that it just calms me down and kind of transports me. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And I also wanted to say to Crixis that I'm loving seeing you working on canvas. It's interesting to kind of see how your work is translating into a different medium. Like Mel said, you can definitely see that it's still your work, which is lovely. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about that and also about your new watercolour work. I actually think the watercolour pieces are some of my favourite paintings that you've ever done. Um, So yeah, just continue with that because I think it could lead to some really exciting things in the future. As for me, what have I been up to recently? Well, a couple of things actually. And one of them, funnily enough, is getting back into canvas painting. So there must be something in the air. But I've been wanting to do this for a while because it's something I used to do a lot. In fact, most of my work was on canvas a few years ago. And then I I kind of moved over to paper more. So I was working more in watercolour and acrylic gouache and traditional gouache as well. And all of those are on paper. And I kind of found that the canvas paintings sort of fell by the wayside a bit. But I love working on a larger scale and I enjoy the textures you can get using acrylic on canvas. And I actually really love the texture of canvas itself. That weave is really nice, like the weave of the canvas. And I kind of incorporate that into my works. That becomes some of the texture of my work. So I've been wanting to get back into it for a while. And I've had like a couple of fairly large paintings in the studio that were started. I think one of them was started about a year ago. And the other one has been knocking around for probably, I don't know, a good couple of years And I keep thinking I really want to find the time to get back into them. Well, I'm still working on the Woodland Art Challenge that I talked about in the last episode. And so I decided that one of these paintings would be good for one of the prompts from the challenge. So I started on this forest painting on canvas and it's really quite a large one. And I've recently bought a new easel as well, which will make it much better for me to work on larger canvases. And in the Cowling and Wilcox sale back in, I think it was February, they had an amazing easel that was great for larger paintings, larger canvases. I saw this as a sign and I got it and I'm really loving working on it. 
And so, yeah, I'm back to doing the big canvases again, which I'm sure some of my buyers, my collectors will be very happy about because I'm often asked about the large canvases <laughs> and I haven't been doing any recently. So I'm excited to get back into painting on canvas again. But I've also been doing something quite different for me as well, and that's lino cutting. So this is something I did about 10 years or so ago. And I only ever did a couple of lino prints and then I got back into it very briefly about five years ago and did like another one or two prints and then dropped it again. And the reason was I was struggling with it a bit and I've realised why I was struggling so much and it was due to the tools that I had, the materials. So this time around, what's different is that I have spent a lot of time researching and really finding out more about lino cutting and lino printing in general. And I've discovered that I needed much smaller tools than I originally had. Um, my work tends to have a lot of detail and the lines tend to be quite precise. And I wanted to translate that feeling, the feeling of my paintings, into my lino cuts so I needed the right tools for the job and so I've invested in some really great high-end lino cutting tools in really small sizes so <laughs> they're much better for me to use for my style of work. I know they say sometimes it's not about the tools it's about the artist and what they can do with the tools but in my experience, you need to have the right tools for the job. So on to today's episode, we're going to be chatting about art challenges and whether or not they are beneficial to our art practice. So we have some general questions to begin with. Crixis, have you participated in art challenges? When was the first one? Do you remember? Honestly, I think the first one was like the 24-hour drawing challenge, which was, it was in 2018. So it, it wasn't like that far ago. I didn't do a lot of art challenges when I was studying. And uh, yeah, this art challenge was in uh, St. Ives, which is actually in Cornwall. But I was Erasmus student back then. And uh, it was an observational drawing challenge. So... Like, basically, the things you do, but imagine yourself being outside for 24 hours and just sketching during the day uh, Wow! and at night as well. That's crazy. I mean, were you basically outside for 24 hours then, non-stop? No, no, I wasn't. There was, um, so there was one artist who lived near uh, Tate Gallery and he had studio there, so everyone who was participating in this uh, drawing challenge, they could go there and take a rest. And now some people slept there a little bit <laughs> throughout the night. That is pretty hardcore though, isn't it, for an art challenge to just draw right through the night as well? I, I'm not sure if I would like do it again. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I don't think it's super healthy. And although it is beneficial, like to draw, like for a longer period of the day, I think if I would do it again, I would do it like probably for 12 hours and that's it. Have sleep, have food. And I think like there are some pros and cons. 
and I have like the sketchbook with the the sketches I did and I every time I flick through the sketchbook I remember every single location how I felt and and how the sketches <laughs> began to look worse throughout the night I remember there was one point when it was getting super chilly because it was I think in November or something and uh, I went to the studio I was thinking what should I sketch inside and there were like some like you know like these ladders where you can just put it somewhere and just step and reach something yeah and there was like I don't know like um how do you call it monkey monkey toy oh, like right. a, like yeah. a pl- plushy monkey plushy so I put that one on top of the ladder and that's what I sketched <laughs> <laughs> it made you do crazy things that's what happens so yeah that was like this challenge and cool how about you do you remember when was the first challenge you participated in and how was the experience I think it was um Inktober um 2017 I had a plan you see because I'd started my YouTube channel so I had a plan that I would do the Inktober challenge just to encourage me to make videos like every day for 30 days or however long is it 31 days in October yeah I think it's 31 so I had this ambitious plan because first of all I had to make a video every day and then also I had to do draw something every day um, and then post it and post it on social media so yeah the plan so you were planning to do a 31 video and 31 drawing is that right yes crazy right (laughs) That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, particularly if I hadn't actually, uh, you know, I I really hadn't got to grips with everything. So um, what I did do, though, I ended up doing it a bit in advance. So I didn't, I gave myself a bit of space. So I wasn't doing it on the day because I thought that would be too much pressure. Um, if I wasn't videoing it and I wasn't editing it, then... I would have probably done it on the day, you know, because Inktober is like you follow a series of prompts. Um, You can interpret them however you want and you're meant to use ink of some kind. I I was going to say, I don't know even if I followed the prompt list. I actually think I just thought I'll do Inktober and then I'll set my own challenge within it. So... I think so. You kind of made it your own yeah. in a way, but you follow the alphabet structure. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what right? I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It did teach me to be consistent and also to get the videos done. Have a deadline. Have a deadline. So that did help. But the, whether the the work wasn't original, it's because it followed Edward Lear's artwork. Um, it was just more for me just to. I think, have practice to do um, a challenge every day and see if I could push through it. Oh, and then I did a challenge in 2020. That was the biggest challenge I've ever done. For the whole of 2020, I did a postcard a day. So my main aim with that was to uh, take 15, I think 15 minutes to draw a postcard and I wanted to go outside and draw from my environment. So that was really to encourage me to go outside and draw. 
I think during the first lockdown, I felt it was hard for me to go out because I thought, oh, I shouldn't be going out. So what I did in that in that time, I just did postcards, uh, views from other people's windows. So I got people to submit photos of their views that they could see. And then I drew those on postcards instead. So I was still drawing a view, but I was getting yes. people to um, interact with me. Um, That's really a creative way to kind of go and try new things, but also like kind of dealing with the situation. I think I then thought, no, it's okay, I can go outside. So I would just then go out and I could just go off really early in the morning and just draw and, yeah, no one would bother me. Um, yeah, so that was 2020 and that was, did you know that year was a leap year? So it wasn't just 365 days, it was 366 days. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you did one extra yeah, I did. postcard. <laughs> if you chose year before or year after, I you know. could have done. I could have done one less. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> well, the first art challenge I ever did, I think, was one that was a self-imposed, if that's the right term, art challenge where I decided that I was going to paint or draw a bird a day. So the challenge was called A Bird a Day and I wanted to do it. I think it was going to be a year-long challenge. I don't know why I thought I could do this. I look back now and I think I must have been temporarily insane because this totally not the way my brain works. This is not the way I thrive as an artist to impose a year-long challenge upon myself. And I got up to, I want to say maybe 30-something or 40-something birds. I think I managed to get that far into it before I gave up and realised that long-term art challenges where you have to work on a painting each day just weren't for me. And if anything happened, like I had a day where I took a day off, you know, life got in the way, I found that I was forever playing catch-up and it just became stressful. I didn't feel like it was adding anything to my art practice or my life, so I gave it up and realised that if I did this type of thing in the future, I needed to do something that was much more short term. I think the next time I took part in an art challenge was when I did Folktale Week back in, I think it was 2019. And I just really liked the prompts that they had that year. And I decided because it was only a week, I was just going to do it. And this one I really enjoyed. I came up with some work that actually I used for prints and postcards and I felt like the work I created was a little bit different to the work that I had been producing at that time. It kind of moved it very slightly into a different direction, not drastically, but enough for it to be really interesting and exciting for me. And I could sort of pre-prepare as well some of the artwork because they give you the prompts, I think about a month in advance for Folktale Week. So you're kind of prepared by the time it rolls around. And um, yeah, you just post them on Instagram. Anyway, so that one was much more enjoyable. So we just spoke about our first challenges and our 
experiences doing them. And we also were wondering about each other. Have we hosted challenges ourselves? Have you hosted the challenge yourself? And if so, please share which ones. If you have shared many, choose what you want to talk about. I remember hosting a Valentine's artwork challenge on Instagram. And that was with another artist who I cannot remember the name of, unfortunately. But um, we basically had seven prompts that we kind of did over a period of, I think, 14 days. I think it was leading up to Valentine's Day. So it was around February. And the prompts were all associated with Valentine's. So because at that point I was trying to focus on building um, my greeting card portfolio, so doing designs for licensing, um, you have to produce a lot of imagery. So the idea was that I would set myself this challenge and make it open to anyone who wanted to enter and then you would just basically respond to the prompt. So you might do two lovebirds together or Paris. So you would do imagery around Paris. So it would all be on this kind of Valentine's theme. Um, so, yeah, that was good because it meant I, I was uh, pushing myself in Illustrator and understanding how to use, you know, different brushes and creating a style. And then I think from that I did an Advent art challenge, a very similar for a very similar reason, just again trying to produce more imagery, but this time for Christmas because art licensing, the biggest market is Christmas. So that's why um, I wanted to produce some images, all digital. And so all of those images, I then sent them to my agent who can then, you know, put them in my portfolio. So those two were definitely to produce work for uh, licensing. And then this year I've been doing um, some prompts for going out and drawing uh, seasonally. So a series of like 10 prompts over like... The joyous sketching. Yeah, joyous sketching outside. Uh, and I've done so far winter and spring. So we're probably about halfway through spring and the prompts aren't intense you know there's not one every day of the month it's a lot it's a lot it's more weekly right yeah it's weekly and also if you miss a week uh, you can catch up because I haven't done 12 prompts I've done 10 so over it's normally over a period of three months so um yeah it's a lot more relaxed but yeah, that's running at the moment. And I, I hope to do one for summer and autumn. So eventually we'll have um, a series of works which actually goes through the seasons. How about you, Crixis? Have you hosted challenges? I know you've hosted challenges. So tell us what challenges you've hosted. Yes, I have hosted. But the first one I actually did was uh, Draw This In Your Style Art. Because I did uh, quite a few Draw This In Your Style artworks in 2021. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to host my, like, my illustration as well. And other people can uh, create art, being inspired by, by what I drew. So basically, that is the idea of the challenge. But it's only like, it's one prompt. So it's super quick one. 
And I feel it's great to have draw this in your style challenges if you are into looks for your own style, maybe, or if you admire that particular illustrator's work and you want to see how you would interpret the illustration in your own way. And yeah, so that was the first one. And um, the next one I did was Calmtober, which is uh, last year. And it's kind of also instead of classical Inktober, I did my own kind of Inktober, but I called it Calmtober because I, I don't, although I really like uh, daily challenges, I know that sometimes it's not possible for everyone. And also for myself, I thought I could approach Calmtober as almost like daily challenge. I could just like spend two days on one artwork, which would be a little bit better for me. And also if I would like, would be super busy, I wouldn't feel guilty if I have like this one day in between two prompts that I don't draw for the challenge. So yeah, that is... Um, that happened last year and I actually didn't like that was my first long challenge for a month and I actually didn't expect anyone to join. I, I just posted it and I was like thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe like five or ten people will join because like in the beginning I thought no one will join. And uh, yeah, then I, I, I don't know why I just like I watched like and there was like, I think one. 1,500 likes before the challenge started. <laughs> and I was like, what? And uh, yeah, so I think like that is my most liked post, which is funny because it's not art. It's just like prompt list. Uh, but people do love like um, participating in our challenge. They do like prompt lists as well. I can definitely uh, testify to that as well because my prompt lists I put on IG with the joy of sketching outside there's definitely more post more likes on that post and comments than probably a lot of my other posts so i would definitely agree with that people like prompt lists i think like for that post now there are 20,000 people who have seen that post wow. which is so crazy yes that that's pretty cool though <laughs> um yeah so I think like in the first day, I was actually like my idea was like, if someone will join, I will share all the artworks on my Instagram stories. But in the first day, I received like 300 people um, <laughs> in the, with the Fox prompt. And I was like, yeah, maybe I can't share all the prompts. Yeah, you'd be there all day doing it. So yeah, that was like super successful, like October. And I really enjoyed like creating my own art and then in the evening just looking what other people are creating. I think it gave me the sense of community. Different kind of people from across the world in the same room and drawing this one prompt. After the Cantober, I decided I will create more art challenges because that was like such, such a success. I just really wanted to draw windows <laughs> and I was like, what should I do? And then we're like, maybe I should create our challenge. And I decided to create prompts, which are times of the day. You could interpret in, in different ways. You can draw the same view with different times of the day. You can draw different views. You can create story. I think that's what I'm also looking forward in, like creating my own challenges, to have it quite broad enough for people to not just do the same things, but kind of 
bring the cre creativity out and experiment as well. In that one as well, you seem to have quite a tight colour palette. Or was that Calmtober that you had a colour palette? Calmtober was like kind of not like strict colour palette, but I chose the colour palette beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but also like for windowsill stories, I I think I tend to like start up with the color palette before I do illustrations. I was going to say, is that something that you found beneficial to actually to think about your color palette before you did the challenge? I think yes, in a way, because I want the art challenge to kind of make sense if all the art is put together. I really enjoy creating color palettes. And uh, I think for art challenges, maybe it reminds me a little bit of picture books, because when you create picture book, you kind of already in the beginning, you, you kind of make your palette and see what is the subject, uh, what you will be drawing for. And depending on that, you choose the palette. And that's how you will work for the rest of the book, because if you will not follow the colors you chose, the book might not look cohesive together and a little bit all over the place. And maybe maybe it's it's unconsciously that's why I do it, because I want it to look kind of cohesive together. Yes, it's just interesting um, to hear, though. I think it's a nice way of doing it as well, to actually choose the colour palette um, beforehand. Um, and probably does... In it does help you as well, I think, because you know you're going to be using certain colours. It's another uh, obstacle um, that you don't have to think about. You know, you yes, you do have to think about how am I going to use those colours, but the decision to actually choose them has already been made. And I think that is really uh, helpful to actually completing a challenge. When I did my year-long challenge, I just used black ink. I didn't use any colour. And that was, it was deliberate because I knew I didn't want to have to make a choice every day to think what mediums am I going to use, what colours am I going to use. I just thought, no, it's just going to be black and white with a wash, keep it really simple. Um, and I think that helped me anyway, kept pushing me to, to actually complete the challenge because there were definitely moments where I was like I really can't be bothered to go outside when you did like black and white for a year didn't you feel like you want like one day just like <laughs> to bring all the colors with you and sketch with them instead of black and white <laughs> yeah do you know what it was like I was on some kind of restrictive diet it was like really made me have to control my urges because I really wanted at, at some points like I was looking at subjects I was drawing and thinking I want to just get all the colours out I had to just stick to it and go no you're just using black and white that's it but tell you what after that whole year of doing it you actually see you know my work does bring a lot of colour in now. Sometimes restricting yourself for a time can actually help you to then work out what it is that you want to focus on. True enough. I think like now when you spoke about black and white, I think like I had the same, I think in one point in Calmtober, where I wanted to have like another colour, but I was like, no, this is where I will, like if I will want to have like that colour, I will create another artwork version of that artwork, but it's not in the challenge. So yeah, I think like restricting yourself, like 
in some ways it's beneficial. It's not like always the case, but in this case with the challenges, it can be beneficial. It can help define you. It can help know whether you like something or not. Yeah, don't be afraid of restricting yourself. Well, funnily enough, I've recently hosted my very first art challenge for other people as well as myself. So this happened on Patreon. Well, it's still happening, actually. So we started at the beginning of March and it was a prompt for every other day and they were all on a woodland theme. So this was the Woodland March Art Challenge and I quickly realised that both I, because I was working on them too, and some of my patrons needed longer to work on these 15 prompts that we had. So I extended it throughout April as well. So it's currently, as we record this, it's currently still going on. Why I decided to do it in the first place? Well, there were two reasons. One of the reasons was that my patrons absolutely seem to love art prompts. And I thought it would be much more fun for us to work on a themed art challenge. And yeah, the second reason I wanted to do this aside from them really enjoying prompts in general and wanting to do something that was a bit more for them, was because I wanted to create a themed body of work that I can then use for whether I'm using it for prints or postcard sets or greetings cards, I don't know, or other illustrated goods. It's kind of nice to have that cohesive feeling. And I did think that I might kind of try and stick with a colour palette and I think I loosely am lovely rich earth colours like rusts and oranges mixed with greys and blues so with some other colours thrown in but that's really the basic colour palette so it's kind of cohesive in that the theme is cohesive but also the colour palette so all of the works will look good together and I think that, honestly, some of my patrons have done some of their best work, in my opinion, in this challenge or throughout this challenge. Um, I've been really impressed with the quality of their work. And it's really helped us kind of, I don't know, feel like even more of a community, I think, because we've all been doing it together. And they're all sharing their work with the other patrons on Instagram. We have our own hashtag that we use. And I love to see them all kind of interacting with each other. It's been really lovely. We have got fellow artist and sketchbook lover, Katie Moody. Um, and she is going to tell us all about her art challenges that she's participated in and how it has benefited her. And yeah, she's just going to share everything she knows or everything that she's learnt from participating in them. So over to you, Katie. Hello, I'm Katie and I'm a full-time artist living down on the south coast of England, right next to the beautiful New Forest. I fill my days with painting and drawing, filming for my YouTube channel and creating content and tutorials for my Patreon. In August 2021, I started a year-long daily art challenge and I was creating a new drawing six days a week and then posting it on my Instagram. I started the challenge because I wanted to practice more and the accountability of making it public massively helped me to stick with it. 
And I really wanted to develop and find my art style. And I knew that the best way to try and to achieve that would be to just create lots and lots of things and experiment and just create more and see what I like the most. I also wanted to grow my audience because I'd just gone full-time freelance and posting every day definitely helps with that. I'm also currently doing a smaller 100-day daily art challenge, which I've called 100 Days of Sketchbook Play, and that one's a bit more focused on finding joy and play in my sketchbook, so experimenting a lot more, and it's just a little bit more laid back compared to the longer year-long challenge that I did. The year-long daily art challenge definitely impacted my work in a really good way. I was finding that I wasn't prioritising creating or picking up my sketchbook, and I was getting distracted with a lot of admin work, and I just wasn't prioritising it in my day-to-day life. And so I was prioritising creating because I often spend a lot of time on my computer, and having this challenge really made me make time for experimenting. And... It really impacted the amount of work that I could create and also my growth as an artist. So it definitely did increase my skills. Drawing every day has definitely meant that my skills have grown and I think that's the case if you're practicing more often. That's always the answer I give if people want to know how to improve. And some days you do have to force yourself to draw and you're not going to want to do it every day, but I've definitely always felt better for it and I can see a big improvement in my growth as an artist just from doing that year-long challenge. So I definitely gained a bigger audience, and in turn that meant more eyes on my work and more partnerships coming my way and seeing a lot more brand involvement in my emails. In terms of numbers, I started the challenge on 2,800 followers, and then I ended on just shy of 20,000. And because more people were seeing my art, it also meant my Patreon membership increased, and so I have more people on there now, and that impacted me financially and helped to fund me as an artist. I do think I gained work because of it. I was lucky enough to work with the Tate Modern last year, and I really don't think that they'd have found me if it wasn't for the challenge and having more eyes on my work in general. I think having a bigger audience can sometimes mean more brand work, and I've definitely noticed a few more emails and interest coming my way. And although they're not always the best fit, so I don't work with many of them, um, it's definitely increased my opportunities. And like I said before, it also grew my Patreon following, which meant I could dedicate a, a lot more time to my Patreon. And so that's also meant it's continued to grow, which is really amazing. Confidence-wise, 100% it's increased. It felt really good to have more comments and support on my work, and a growing community has massively boosted that as well. I also felt so much more confident in my artwork and what I was creating. I think it really did help me discover my style and what felt right, because I was creating so much. I felt and feel much more confident with teaching over on my Patreon, simply because I feel much more self-assured in what I'm creating. There were definitely moments that I wanted to give up, and even now doing my current 100-day daily art challenge, I often want to give up. And it can be really hard to show up to your desk every day. And I do find that my creation is impacted by my mental health. So on difficult days, opening my sketchbook is the last thing that I want to do. Making the challenge public and having that accountability really helped to push me to keep going. And like I said earlier, I do always feel better for having drawn in my sketchbook. Not everything is going to be perfect. And most of the time you won't create good art. 
or something that you feel really proud of. But it's the showing up and keeping on going that's the main thing. Having lovely comments and building that community also spurs me on. And I really love to hear when it's encouraging other people to be creative because that's always been my biggest goal. And so it's heartwarming knowing that my art can inspire other people to pick up a paintbrush. I definitely do it again, and obviously I'm doing my mini 100 day one now with slightly different parameters, but it's been so vital in my creativity that I'm sure I will do more in the future. Overall, I think it's a really fantastic way to really boost your creation and how much you are creating as an artist. I think it speeds up your growth because you are practicing every single day and even the rubbish days where you hate what you create, which is going to be inevitable, I think it's really vital in your art practice and sometimes it's even moving you closer to where you want to be compared to the ones you really love, even if it doesn't feel like it. And I do think it's really important to make sure that it works for you. Everyone has different things to juggle and our lives are so different, so if a daily art challenge is just too much to fit in, then you can make it every other day or just for 30 days or a week or do daily art four days a week. I think as long as you're creating and it's not stressing you out, I think it's a really great thing to try. I'd say that doing my year-long daily art challenge has hands down been the best thing that I've done in my art career and I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Like her talk is really inspiring. It reminded just like regular day-to-day -day life we have, like not all days are when you create something perfect, you just move on. And the fact that she also like gained clients and she worked with Tate Modern, for example, that was like really amazing for her. So yeah, that, that, that was really nice to hear that she actually grew in confidence and actually found clients and grew on Patreon. I really like the way she spoke about the discipline aspect of it, whether you feel like it or not, just turning up and doing the work, because this is a really important quality to have throughout your art career. And um, it's a really important part of being an artist because you're not always going to feel like turning up and doing the work. Also said that she wanted to grow her profile and she did. I mean, sharing that she went from 2000 to 20. Mm. It's, it isn't always guaranteed that even if you post every day, you will grow. But uh, I think the way that Katie engages with people, it probably... Her posts were engaging and and colourful as well. People like colour. That's kind of like a nice side effect of all of this, really. I think the most important things that she's going to take away from this, that she's going to learn from this, um, is basically just developing her skills and actually, as I said earlier, having that discipline. And I think those are both really important things for a long career. I think like uh, speaking of like year long challenges, I think, you know, Lee Ellickson on YouTube, probably you have heard about her. She also like she actually when she started filming, she did year long challenge. And that's how uh, her audience grew because yeah, of the yearly yeah. challenge. But yeah, it's not the case always. So I think like if you go to this challenge with the things like I will grow so much, I think that's like the wrong mindset to have. Yeah, I think like focusing on on like your skills and like theme you want to work on and like in Katie's case, growing confidence, then that is like 
really good uh, goals to have. Yeah. She also spoke about wanting more time to create work because she felt like she was letting all of the admin get in the way because there's always so much admin. This is what I found recently and she wanted to prioritise the art making. And this is going to be my goal this year, actually, is to prioritise making art over all of the other stuff um, and trying to find a bit of a better balance. So, yeah, that was really fascinating to hear her talking about that. So would you would you do another, like, yearly <laughs> challenge? What do you think? I don't know <laughs> if I would quite do a year-long Like, maybe I could do one which was maybe every few days. I pushed myself to go out and draw, and that's really what I wanted to do, was really push myself to do that. And so I do try to regularly go out and draw, um, and I think that came because of doing it every day. So the weather wasn't an excuse anymore because I knew I had gone out in bad weather I'd gone out in all sorts of different environments. Even when it was really windy, I've gone out. So I guess it's taking away those excuses or those obstacles. Um, so in that sense, it's, it has actually helped me and helped uh, grow that perseverance in me. Um, but whether I do one where I say, yeah, every day I'm going to do it, I don't know if I would commit to that. And also, like, I feel... With the daily challenges, there's like this tricky thing of how much time you spend per one artwork. And I feel if you have like broader enough challenge, you could spend more time on that single prompt. Because I remember I did participate one year in Inktober, which was every single day. And I did 31 illustration, but uh, I, I'm much more happier about the Countober artworks because I could spend a little bit more time on them. So with the yearly challenge I would need to put down that uh, okay this is quick it's fine let's move on and now the artwork should be like quick because it's short amount of period per day so yeah it's tricky but then you could you could then though use that maybe that body that quick body of work to then go a bit deeper couldn't you you could use it as a stepping stone to then work a bit more on that work that you've produced So I could see that, that actually that could really work. Hmm. You know what? Maybe throughout this year you will see me doing 100-day challenge. <laughs> well, I'll actually be doing another art challenge very soon because starting on the 1st of May, I'm going to be doing another challenge with my patrons on Patreon. Um I won't say what the subject matter will be because I want to announce it to them first. So um, we're going to be working on something that will have, I think, 20 prompts within the challenge. And it's going to run from May right through to the end of August. So it's roughly five different art prompts per month. And people can choose to work on them all very quickly if they want, or they can spread them out, or they can choose to do, I don't know, their top five of the 20 if they don't want to do all of them. But it's going to be obviously within a certain theme again. And I'm excited to create another body of work. I think for me, it's like this is an achievable, less 
stress or lower stress way of doing an art challenge. I don't think I could ever do a year long art challenge, (laughs) certainly not doing something every day. Um, But yeah, this one's going to be four months. It's going to be spread over four months. It's going to be quite a long term one. But as I say, not that many prompts within it. So just 20 prompts over those four months. Uh, The next challenge I'm I'm working on, it's actually live on 1st of May. I already, I have like, it's ready next to me. It's called Birds in Color. So there is actually, it's drawing every second day of of, uh, May. And the prompts are colored names. You can be inspired by the color and draw your own bird in the color. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's it for our discussion on art challenges. We'd love to hear, though, from you. So if you have any further thoughts on participating in art challenges or being part of one, or maybe you have a favorite one you did, please let us know in the comments either on YouTube or on our Instagram. Uh, Just, yeah, put your thoughts and we'd love to hear. Okay, but now we are on to our last segment, our new segment. And this is time now for your listener questions. So, (laughs) and this episode's question has been chosen today by Crixis. So, Crixis, what is today's question? Yeah, we decided every single episode, each of us will choose different question. That way, it's not like only one person chose the questions. So this this episode question is coming from Melissa from New Zealand. She's also known as Mki Creative B. And she's asking, in your creative lives, what do you wish you could do more of and less of? Okay, I'll try and keep this short. I'd like to do more work in my sketchbook and less work on the computer. It's a good short answer. Honestly, I would love to do more art and less video editing. <laughs> um, because video editing for me takes like at least like one full day or yeah. two. I think I'm going to echo both of your answers here and say that I really want to work more on my artworks is spend more time actually making art and less time doing admin and editing videos. I don't know how this is possible. I noticed that this is something we all want to do. So it's obviously a problem for all of us, but how do you run a business and manage to balance everything so that you're prioritizing the artwork? This is an ongoing struggle. And thank you very much to Melissa for your first question. Actually, Melissa, what do you wish you could do more of and less of? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Okay, so thanks so much for listening and tuning in to our latest episode. We hope you'll join us next time on our creative catch-up when we'll be chatting about having a YouTube channel. We'll be discussing the pros, cons, income how we film, edit, scheduling, and what we've learned along the way. So this one is going to be jam-packed, I think. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Find us on YouTube at Creative Catch-Up or Instagram at creative.catchup. And until the next episode, three, two, one, stay stay creative. creative.